Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. Hey, Valentina. Hey, Paula. And hello, everybody. And welcome to Pretty Mental. So in today's episode, Vala and I sit down to talk about relationships. And in this conversation, we cover everything from why it can be so hard to walk away from toxic relationships to relationship attachment styles and the journey that we have taken to heal and take care of our relationship with each other. So grab your dustpan and those cleaning supplies and give your space some clean energy for this holiday season. And press play. First, I was afraid. I was petrified. Thinking I could never live without, without you by, by my side. side. And so I spent so many nights thinking how you did me wrong. And I grew strong. strong. And I knew how to get along. And I am. Were you recording? Yeah. All right, let's do this. Let's jump right in. Let's talk about relationships. Uh-huh. We want to talk about relationships. That's why we started out with that song. Yeah. Can anyone relate to that? Feeling like you need someone <laughs> to feel complete? Yeah, I can. That's kind of what we talked about on our Q&A. Yeah. If you guys have seen it, we someone asked us, how do you help women? Who, I feel like we can be general about this, though. You know, women and men. Yeah. If they're stuck in an unhealthy relationship. In a relationship, yeah, that they're not happy in. Yeah, and we said... But they feel forced to stay in for whatever reason. Why do you think that is? Well, taking what advice you gave us on the Q&A, they probably feel incomplete and they don't feel worthy enough to be without that person. Yeah. And a lot of times... I'm trying to think about when I was in relationships that I did not want to be in. Yeah, I, I think it was insecurity. And then one of them I was scared, I was scared to get out of. Yeah, because he didn't want you to go anywhere. No, he wouldn't let me break up with him for the life of me. I think for me, it's kind of the opposite. When it's like, am I not worthy to leave? I think there's a flip side of that where it's like, am I not worthy to be in a relationship? Yeah, that's one thing with you and I is we have two very different. We come from two opposite sides. Yeah, our struggles when it comes to relationships are different. I stay too long. And I leave too soon. <laughs> <laughs> and so here we are. So why do you leave too soon? I freak out historically, you know, when I feel <laughs> I'm totally healed. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. <laughs> but not really, but... I just, if I feel that something is going wrong, I think all my, my fight or flight response just totally goes off and I start to feel kind of out of control. And the safest response for me is just to get as far away as possible as quickly as I can. When you feel something's going wrong? In the relationship, in the past. What, you just don't ask them? 
what's going on i did i used to not no i literally used to not see this is why i'm in them too long because i'm like let's try suck this no i used to not I'd be like mm, if you don't already know i'm not gonna tell you <laughs> <laughs> you used to do that shit to me oh my god you all you would literally all of a sudden be so mean to me and i would say what's going on and you would say honestly if you don't already know that's saying something so i'm not gonna tell you yeah and i would remember being like how will we ever repair this <laughs> luckily guys i've come very far <laughs> from that approach i was horrible yeah okay so i'm gonna read you guys the diary entry i did when i was 12 years <laughs> old 12 paul's benjamin button <laughs> her brain is i said I wonder if I will ever be able to express myself. Sometimes I do need to express myself more. I admit that it's not easy for me to let people show affection for me or for me to show affection for them. I don't know why I'm like that, though. It's hard for me to tell my parents or my siblings that I love them. Why? I cannot say. Even though you might not be able to tell from the past diary entries, dear diary, I'm a very deep person. (laughs) Yeah. But that just kind of shows you. I think I I just put up walls very early on where I didn't feel safe letting people know how I fully felt. So I would I just run instead and that would be my solution. So what would you say to someone who came into your office and said that exact same thing to you? Literally, we have to lean into the discomfort of that because my defense mechanism was to run and stay close. But that was really just me avoiding my fear of intimacy. And that practice of avoidance just made the fear grow larger. You have to start opening up and it's a source of anxiety. So you literally have to start getting as clear as possible about your needs and expressing them, which is a literal intentional practice that I engage in. And I know I have to do it and I'll get anxiety before doing it, especially in romantic relationships. When it comes to like family or friends now, I'll, I'll tell people I don't care. But especially in romantic relationships, I it's a conscious practice for me to literally express my needs directly instead of run because why do you what what do you think will happen if you tell them what you want they'll run that it won't be maybe or that i won't be understood and that i would be putting myself in a position of vulnerability which now i promote vulnerability vulnerability left and right for everybody but back in the day i did everything in my power to not be vulnerable because I thought that's where weakness was, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people in our society kind of, you grow up that way. You put some armor up and you decide like, I'm not really going to let anybody in. I remember my first boyfriend. I was horrible. Oh, I would literally tell, we'd be just having a fine day. We'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I would turn around looking at him and be like, hmm, I wonder what's going to make us break up. Wow. And he'd be like, what? <laughs> Why would you even say that? And I'm like, well. So you were always waiting to for the breakup. I was always waiting for the breakup. I was, it's like that thing that I posted the other day. Did you see that? That story? Wait. I actually think you said this is amazing. <laughs> what, what did it say? It was it was um it was like Joan and Ben are together, but Joan is always wondering when they're gonna No, yeah, they go yeah, it's like Joan and Ben go on a third date. Oh, yeah. So by the third date, Joan starts having tremendous anxiety because this means that they will have a horrible breakup or they will spend the rest of their lives together. Both possibilities are terrifying. So Joan (laughs) ran off to Cirque du Soleil. (laughs) (laughs) I actually used to say I wanted to be in the circus when I was little. That's so wild. Yeah, it was scary for me to get close to people. 
Yeah. Dude. And then I think that every time I would get close to somebody and lose them, it would just make that defense mechanism even more. So we were talking about this the other day. Do you do you think that it happened with Mitchie's? I think that I already had that tendency, as you can see from my 12-year-old diary entry. Oh, yeah. Because Mitchie's died when I was 16. But whenever she killed herself and, and left, that was the closest person I'd ever been to, it cemented that temperament even deeper. Wow. Right? And then when a guy that I was dating that I really liked in college cheated on me, I was that was like... What, what do they say the the straw Ca- that straw broke that, the camel's mm-hmm. back and i literally made a decision that night i was like i will not care about anybody uh, romantically like ever again <laughs> and boy did you keep that promise to yourself i kept that promise for many years yeah. where i just wouldn't let people in all the way i would let them in enough in order to experience connection because we need connection, whether we want to admit it or not. I didn't really want to admit it. I convinced myself, I literally convinced. I can look at those diary entries and I, I used to write like, I am a solitary animal. <laughs> <laughs> literally convinced myself that I didn't really need anybody to be like my partner or be by my side. And I would let people in just enough so I could experience connection, but not enough that anybody could ever hurt me so when they started getting too closer it was time for you to express needs to get to that next level then you would be i would like, just my brain oh, my brain would trigger to dip out my brain would just say oh this isn't working it's not working it's just not working and i would just just bye this isn't working oh, and you would leave with anxiety right because you could you wouldn't leave like done on to the next one or would no it actually i know I, I would kind of leave like that because <laughs> because I was making the decision, so I was in control the whole time. Mm. But the thing is that it was separating me from myself. What do you mean? Because it was separating me from my emotions. I wasn't letting myself experience my emotions deeply. It was like I had such a hard wall up that I wouldn't let myself care or acknowledge my... I didn't give myself an opportunity for my emotions to be validated by somebody else or even myself. I would just... It's just... It's not working. That's probably why your anger was so high because of when course. I think about you and me, the way that we react, right? You had a, you came from a place of you would harden up mm-hmm. and mine was, I would, what was mine? I would just shut down. I would get scared and mine turned into sadness and yours turned into anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course that's what it was. In a very early age, I started, I wouldn't acknowledge my I acknowledge the thing is I feel so deeply yeah I feel so deeply so I think I just at one point realized that or made the unconscious decision that it wasn't safe to feel that deeply or to let others in to that depth so I put up a big wall and when you put up a big wall to your emotional system it's very very easy for an emotion like anger to become your primary defense mechanism so what would you what what do you have to do now where are you now (laughs) i am running (laughs) for my life it's still scary for you a little bit it's still scary (laughs) so what are you like what are you gonna do (laughs) 
if you go to if, therapy I've, okay every i'm your week. patient i'm your patient client I, i'm your client hey paula i have walls up and it's really hard for me to get close to someone what do i do you have to learn to take care of yourself and acknowledge your own needs so that first you can identify what your needs even are therapy is really helpful for this because you're in the presence of somebody that can't isn't really going to reject you they're holding that space for you so you get to experience in real time what it's like to acknowledge your feelings with another human and not have them freak out Mm -hmm. so that in and of itself is healing right so it's Mm -hmm. like part of keeping our feelings inside is because we're afraid that the people are going to freak out when we express them yeah that starts in early childhood when parents have a hard time handling their children's emotions yeah so makes so much sense Mm-hmm. so we start keeping them in um so I, that's why i think therapy has been huge for me too to just like release emotions and i start with the people i started with the people i felt safe with by expressing my emotions directly so that's easier you can hierarchy it right and then i just make it I make it an intentional practice to express my feelings now. For, so when, when you say you can hierarchy it, you just start with the people who it's easiest to or safest. Exactly. So if you can't do it with a romantic partner, start with a therapist. Mm-hmm. You just want to start seeing what it's like to let that out. Because the more that we keep it in, the more that these walls harden. And I, I tell this to my clients all the time, but it, there's a difference between boundaries and walls, you know? And I think when we become afraid of our emotions, we it's because we, we learn to build walls instead of thinking like, okay, I can just have boundaries and my emotions can be protected that way. Walls keep other people out, but they also keep you in. Mm-hmm. Boundaries facilitate healthy relationships. So mm-hmm. we need the way that we start learning to do that is literally by practicing and you start with the people that you know you're safe with. Cause you don't want to, the first time you practice, you don't want it to be in a high risk situation. <laughs> it turn out bad. You're like, Oh hell no, I'm not doing that ever again. <laughs> and there's a reason why these walls <laughs> cocooned all the way up again. Yeah. So I now know that in order to heal my attachment style, which what I just described to you guys is an anxious avoidant attachment style. And that is what I realized through my own journey. That is what I was practicing. But at some point I realized that allowing myself to open up to having a romantic partner also opened me up to a lot of personal growth. And for a long time, I had convinced myself that I didn't need or want that. Like I said, I was a solitary animal, but... And I also think that there's a shadow side to the messages around relationships in the spiritual community where they're always telling people like, you need to learn to be okay by yourself before you can ever be with anybody else. Now, I think that that is baloney. We'll elaborate because there's some truth to that still. You still have to learn to be by, but no one is ever going to be okay with being fully by themselves. We are social animals. We're social animals. It's such a lie. So the more that I would try to isolate and just do all this spiritual work and understand myself, what would happen is I would just go deeper and deeper and deeper into myself and I become more and more unhealthy, like just depressed without even realizing it and anxious. It's, It's not true. I think... We have to take the risk of opening up to relationships and just you keep a balance of like, okay, I still have to practice my self-care and I still have to be attuned to myself 
while I am in relationship with other people. It's not like you have to wait till you are perfectly okay with being by yourself before you can be with other people. You have to learn how to fill your own cup. Regardless. Regardless. You can do that when when you're with someone. You should do that when you're with someone. Because if you wait until you're perfectly okay being by yourself before you let yourself open up to someone, you're probably going to be waiting for a very long time since we are social animals and therefore our mental health does require that we be connected to others. And again, in order to feel safer connecting to others and allowing ourselves to do that, we do have to be able to recognize what our needs are so that we can set appropriate boundaries. Yeah, not being ashamed of what your needs are. Exactly. And knowing that we're going to probably feel pretty uncomfortable when we do it because it's outside of our comfort zone. Yeah, it is uncomfortable. It is. Even me being in a relationship for six years, I think. Yeah. There's a, there was a, a year in between there that we weren't together. But sometimes it does feel very vulnerable when you're expressing what your needs are because you have no idea if this person is going to listen. And if they don't listen, could it be make or break? That's where filling your own cup comes in because we're never going to be fully comfortable in isolation. You know, you can try. And maybe if you meditate all day long, you can achieve it. But if you feel like you accept yourself and you accept your needs and you're not ashamed of them, then it's less scary to share them with somebody else because it's like, well, they may or may not like this, but this is my truth. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and then you would end my session. What <laughs> your, is that? The last thing you would tell me? Your session is never over. <laughs> then we would do some hypnotherapy and regression to find out when you built. So I think that's actually something that people should know is their relationship styles. That's a, that's pretty important. It's kind of like your whole love language thing. Knowing your relationship styles will help you. Mm-hmm. know where your weak spots are and how you can work on them. So Paula was what anxious avoidant. I know. Yeah. I had a client the other day tell me that they were anxious avoidant. And in my mind, I'm like, mm-hmm. welcome uh. home. <laughs> <laughs> you are safe here. <laughs> I go, isn't, I, I was like, isn't that a great one? I, I was like, it's got all the fun ones. <laughs> They're like, yep, it's great. It has the mixture of all the things. It says, you don't so want. if you go on our, we have a little infographic on our pretty mental official Instagram it's anxious avoidant is they want closeness but become anxious when intimacy increases which is literally what i just described to you guys constantly alert for any threat of rejection from partner if i sense any threat i am moving to alaska (laughs) (laughs) i told her i was mad at her and she got a visa to live (laughs) yeah distance themselves when conflict arises yeah, exactly. That was you. Yeah, it was literally, well, if you don't know why I'm upset, then. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck to you. <laughs> Farewell. <laughs> this is where we part. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. When I was in high school, I literally used to say, oh, this is so crazy. I can't believe these words came out of my mouth. I used to literally say that we either date or we're friends, but we're not going to do both things. <laughs> Huh? Like that you, if you're my romantic partner, you weren't my friend. Oh, what did that mean to you? That you were going to, it was kind of like war. (laughs) It was like, like, Hey, listen, this is all about lust. (laughs) (laughs) You try to cross that boundary. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) That's crazy. 
All right. And then that's anxious avoidant. So it's like you're anxious because you want to be close. But as soon as you feel too close or like you're in a challenging situation where you have to express your needs, you become avoidant and you run. So it sucks because you actually want to be close to people, but it's terrifying to be close to people at the same time. The only way, the way that I've learned to get over that and work through it is by literally just facing into it, which is what we say over and over again. You kind of have to face into it. Yeah. But you start by, like I said, expressing your feelings in a safe space first so you can get some practice. But anyways, what do you think you are? What do you think your attachment style is? I think I'm a mixture because I relate to some of the anxious preoccupied category in the sense that I would ignore a lot of my own needs for fear of losing the relationship. I would stay a lot longer than I probably should have to see how else we could fix it, to see how else. There was always just room to stay for me, no matter how unhappy I was. That's where the limit is, because I think you're you're definitely closer to secure attachment style than I am, but you, I don't know, there's a limit, right? Ugh, it's so complicated to think about, though, because I did not have the most stable relationships before your current one yeah I didn't no so explain what your relationship how you man- move okay I'll just I, I remember my first relationship one of the firsts I would whenever we were gonna get in a fight no I would turn very cold I would be like where are my keys oh yeah if there's anything to talk about uh-huh oh okay or no when he wasn't when he would get too um too sensitive with me yeah, so I guess when he would start trying to seek get, more closeness or maybe not get closeness because I love that, but try to get um, emotional with me. Oh, like argue. Oh, yeah, you were avoidant. Yeah, yeah. You used to be avoidant with me. Yeah, with everyone. Actually, my mom actually told me this the other day when we were on the phone. She said, I remember when you were younger and it was no one could say I'm sad today. No one could do that because you would immediately change the subject you couldn't handle it wow it's so true and I remember I couldn't handle it I would be like why do we have to to talk about that why can't we just be happy you wanted to suppress everything that wasn't cherries and roses which is funny because like you've come a long way I have come a long way but by suppressing it it becomes worse than what it what it could have been by just talking about it problems to me talking about problems to me was like adding fuel to the fire. Mm-hmm. A lot of people and, think that. And making them present, so present. Whereas I want to be like, no, that's over. That's done. We don't have to talk about it. If you don't talk about it, then it doesn't exist. Or, you know, I just couldn't. It was so uncomfortable for me. There's still a lot of people. There's a lot of people that think that way. So like, what would you say to them? Talk it. Sit through that discomfort. Why? Sit through it because you will get to the other side and things will be cleaner. I, you, you, I started... I started out by suppressing my emotions and I started out by not allowing other people talk about their emotions. And I found myself soon thereafter living in a very small world. I created a very small world because I would limit the amount of things that people were allowed to say to me and I would limit the amount of feelings that I was allowed to feel myself. So I was, I was cold and I have a little bit of that coldness because I'm an Aries, but it's not that, you know, because I remember I had some friends being like, you are such an Aries, like you're so cold. And I'm not that cold, but I made myself cold. You've become a lot warmer. I have. Yeah. So, yeah, I I, I hated talking about anything. And then 
I mean, when thinking about my other relationships, God, they were so unhealthy. (laughs) So unhealthy. I was just, I got with some people that I really did not need to get with. Um, And I was very insecure. I wonder if that avoidance actually led you, got you into these relationships. Oh, that's so true. Now that you say that, because had I allowed myself to feel what I was feeling and validate what I was feeling, I would realize this isn't the relationship for me. Whereas I would get uncomfortable, but just proceed. Swallow it, suck it up, and proceed. That's actually been a pattern for you for a long time. You know what? That is actually... (laughs) What is that? A pattern for a long time? No, what's like the relationship style of that? You're like, you're being avoidant with yourself. So this is something I think is important to mention is that although these relationship styles are like put into four little neat categories, real life is not that neat. We we can all have different aspects from different ones of the attachment styles. You just have to figure out how you work. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're avoidant with your your emotions and with other people's emotions. Mm -hmm. Totally. But did you feel anxious about being close to them? No, I want, I loved people. I loved hard. I did. So I had no so problem were, getting close to people. So you're like secure avoidant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't have a problem with that. I, it didn't scare you? No, I just genuinely did not know how to process emotions. So yeah. I didn't do it. Wow. Yeah. So you were like secure avoidant. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then that led me to also getting in relationships where when I would then start talking about my emotions... I accepted when other people glanced over them and did not validate them. Yeah. Because you were like, yeah, you're right. Let's not validate this. Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's not go deeper into this. How dare I try to do that? No, but yeah, that, that's where my very dysfunctional relationships came out of. How did you start healing out of that? <laughs> uh, there is one moment, I think, that really... Actually, you know what? It's been a process. It's been a process because such thing as one moment. I and this is when I believe that the universe gives you what you're ready for. I guess I was in the phase of my life where the universe said it's time for you to be in a healthier relationship because in came KJ out of nowhere. I mean, truly out of nowhere. I was still working with the same characteristics of being avoidant. I was still insecure with my own emotions. I would literally put everyone's needs before my own. I would protect all of my romantic relationships, all of my friendships, and I held them on such a high pedestal that I ended up overlooking my own needs in the process. So the process of overcoming that, KJ came in out of nowhere? Yeah, he actually was a huge, a huge help in my life. He came at a point where he was just so kind and so nice and so thoughtful and ready to, you know, sing Bob Marley songs to me when I was crying for depressive reasons. And he really helped me. He held a lot of space for me during a very important phase of my life and showed me that it was possible for me to be in a relationship where I could receive as much love as I always gave out to people. You're a giver. You've always been a giver. Yeah. And I had never been in a relationship with anyone who was so sweet. And I finally experienced that. And I was like, once you taste that, I grew from that. So what would you tell to people that are struggling in their relationships or struggling with being single? 
That is so hard because I actually, I'm probably the only one in my friend of my friends in a relationship and they're constantly talking about how, and even with you, like the, the dating pool is so hard and, and got slim pickings and like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. And like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. That's when I say the universe and this sounds so like, I, I hate even saying this, but the universe gives you what you need, I guess. Why I, do you hate saying that? Because it almost feels like they, I, I want to give people something more comforting, you know, cause you're like, okay, cool. But I want a partner. You know, yeah. and it's, yeah, it's really easy for me to be like, we'll just wait till you get a partner. Well, yeah, Don't come out of, but I think it's, a, it's important to like also acknowledge that even if you are in a relationship, it's that thing is hard. Yeah. One million percent. Once you're in a relationship, you're constantly having to work at it. Yeah. I think we often tend to have this idealized notion of relationships that maybe once we get into one, all of our problems with all of our personal problems with things like loneliness and self-worth and just insecurities in general will somehow magically go away. And you actually said this, or Malik said this in, um, one, in our last podcast, that it shows you to you. Mm -hmm. When you get in a relationship, yeah, you go through that first honeymoon phase, but it starts showing you to you. And that's when the waters really get tested because are you ready to see all your faults laid out in front of you? And that has happened a lot with me and KJ. You know, he had, I see we get to moments that could, that get rough, really rough because it's time for us to see what the what dark hasn't parts yet. of ourselves, what hasn't healed yet. Mm -hmm. And I believe from my own experience, why a relationship can grow mm -hmm. is because you have to be willing to heal those parts mm -hmm. yourself. So yes, your partner can highlight them, but it's not up to your partner to solve that. It's up to you. Because there have been times with me where I feel sad. And somehow, actually intuitively, I've always been like this. When I'm sad in a relationship with anyone, I always think, what am I doing? You know? Mm -hmm. In terms of, because I really don't believe that anyone can, can give you the world. I really don't. Yeah, they can't. Uh, that's when it comes to filling your own cup. You, uh, There's been times where I've been like, okay, I really feel like sad in my relationship with KJ. And then immediately I think, why am I sad with him? And then it, I keep dissecting that, dissecting that until it comes to why am I sad with myself? Then I realize what are things that actually make me happy? Friends, exercise, adventuring. And then I think, have I been doing those things lately? And it's like, oh, no, I was isolating myself a lot last week. Oh, that's probably why I'm sad. He has nothing to do with this. Mm -hmm. But when you live with someone and you're that close every day, you, you, you think that maybe they have something to do with it. You project it onto them. Right. Sometimes they are playing a part into it. So Sometimes. that's important, too. But I do. There's definitely a pattern of like when we're not taking care of ourselves, really practicing our own self-care, we become more needy. For sure. Yeah, because we're not we're start yearning intuitively for more love and we're not giving it to ourselves. So we kind of put that responsibility on somebody else. You have to fill your own cup. I can personally say our relationship got a lot better when I started. I, when I realized that I needed to start expanding my world. Yeah. And start filling my own cup more and get more adventurous. And yes, he is my best friend, but. Go make other best friends. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. And cultivate the best friends that you already have in your life. Mm-hmm. And you, listen, and this is, you and me have talked about this before. Sometimes when people get into relationships, you start becoming one. But we have to always remember that you are two souls that mm-hmm. decided, that made a decision to go on this journey together while still being two individual souls. You each have your own journey in mm-hmm. addition to the journey that you have with that person. Mm-hmm. So depending on them for everything is, it's a great way to not be happy. Yeah, that's when it gets toxic. Esther Perel, the relationship expert, actually talks about this. How in her work with clients across multiple countries and continents, the one factor that keeps turning up as the most, what creates strong, maintains strong attraction in couples, especially in long-term relationships, is having experiences where you view, are able to view the other person as separate from yourself. So for example, seeing them in their element, you know? Oh yeah, that's so sexy. mm -hmm, Because then you realize that, wow, there's other people gazing on them it's not just my gaze. They are, and that helps us realize that they are separate from us, right? Because yeah. they're like in their element. Other people are seeing them. They're not mine. And that actually makes that person more attractive. Mm-hmm. So. That's such a good point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know when I see KG doing his thing, when he's not in boss mode, because when he's in boss mode, I can't even <laughs> be around that. I really can't. Because he moves too fast. He moves too fast. He has, he's, to. he has to. He has so many, so many responsibilities. Yeah. So I think that this the relationship journey is an ever-evolving one, for sure. Whether yeah. you are single or in a relationship, the lessons always come back to ourselves, right? Yeah. To loving ourselves. 100%. It does. It always comes back to finding the things that fill your own cup yeah because if you're single and you're not loving yourself then you're gonna end up in negative toxic situations because you're looking for love desperately and that just opens you up it just opens you up to unhealthy circumstances and if you're in a relationship and you're not loving yourself then you start putting way too much responsibility on your partner and it starts feeling like a suffocating um experience yeah this is something that I actually heard Cleo Wade say on the podcast with Lewis House recently. Um, because as I'm saying, like, love yourself for so many people, that seems like a mysterious... What is that? Yeah, it's like, okay, how do I do that? Like, sounds great and all. And she, I love the way she clear, she explained this, where she was like, I don't have self-love and I don't have self-care. I practice self-love and I practice self-care. That's so good. Uh So it's like we can decide to love ourselves and then life is like, okay, prove it. And that's where self-care comes in. Let's talk about you and my relationship. Well, let's do that. People are always curious how We're we get along. We're at so. our 26th anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Valentina's 26. <laughs> We've been together the longest. Yeah, we have been together the longest. No, it was that's kind of cute. Road. It is cute. But it was rough. It was rough. It was really rough. People see us getting along now and they're like, whoa, I literally did not know you guys were sisters because normally you don't see sisters just hanging out and talking like friends. Yeah, we had to really work at it. But we worked at it. Kudos to mom. Totally. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen that meme where it's a brother and a sister and they're wearing they're all wearing one shirt 
No. Like their dad's shirt, but they're both in it and their head is poking out of the hole. And this is, that's what mom does to them every time they get in a fight. That's essentially what our mom did to us. Yeah. Paula was not allowed to be mean to me when I was younger. And, and it actually went overboard because I, it, it was at some point that I wasn't allowed to be mean to her. And also Valentina actually started becoming the mean one. No way. She didn't let me be mean to you either. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sometimes, try me. <laughs> sometimes she was mean. Um, and yeah, and Sebastian, well, it's just, I mean, listen, you can't be, you can't control everything. Cause she wouldn't let Sebastian be mean to you. And then me be like, whatever. We slipped some meanness in between the cracks. But some, she tried. Yeah, it's the sibling way. She tried. She Every time I had something fun that was going on, she would make me invite you. Every time you had something going on that was fun, she would make you invite me. She would make me include my brother. So it was a task at first, y'all. We were forced. <laughs> we were forced to get along. But she would always say, like, you guys, if you, this is going to be the most important relationship of your life. Yeah. And, and, she I, was and right. now I believe it. And now she's right. I believe it. I think I always kind of believed it. I did too. Because how are you going to argue that? That's your blood. It is your blood. And we went through. But luckily we didn't. We were with parents that didn't let emotional harm go too far. Because sometimes siblings can take that stuff really hard. Yeah. I mean, really far. Take out all their frustrations on each other. Yeah. To well, such an extent that then it's really hard to reconcile. Yeah. We were never allowed to let it go too oh, far. Oh, no, we weren't. And I would get in trouble every time I, you and I, anytime either one of us would be like, well, I can't be your sister anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we would get grounded. Yeah. You know, and we meant it when we were in the midst of the Because both Paul and I have very strong personalities. We have very strong so personalities. So when we get mad at each other. Not anymore. Not anymore. Now it's really rare for us. It's to... really rare. And we'll tell you why. Because we I, we actually have great relationship advice for you and me yeah. to give out yeah. to other people. With so the way take that we interact with each people. other. <laughs> so when before, we, it would be bad. It would be really bad. Like we, both of our walls would go up entirely and there was n- our egos would be front and center like yeah. nobody's Who's business. Who's going to be right? Because it ain't this Aries and it ain't that Leo. We Mm-mm. were two fire signs ready to flame. Mm-hmm. However, we it started breaking down when, man, I'm telling you, people need to learn how to validate emotions. That is really the answer to everything in life. Backtrack. I really want to backtrack before when you asked me what would I tell people about being single. I would say just learn how to validate people's emotions in general. And that's going to get you closer to people. Okay. Because that's what happened with you and me, you know, even like I would tell you something that bothered me. And instead in the past where we would, our egos would flare up and the same vice versa. Yeah. Now we validate. Now we say, yeah, we we basically regurgitate with the other. We did this in our Q&A on Instagram, but honestly, I started to get into, I was always very, very sensitive and very like specific about words used in conversations maybe a little too much when I was younger, but I started learning about validation and all that through my own psychology and therapy work and my education and all that. And I started passing that on to you. You 100% passed that on to me. And you received it. And I received it. Yeah. Because you didn't used to validate at all. I started, I think I started the validation train. Yeah, you totally did. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would cocoon. I would go, like we said, I would go cold. Something was wrong. I'd be like, well, yeah. we're not going to talk about it. So don't try that route. 
Yeah, you've gotten so much. Oh my God, you're so good at I it really now. Did. Yeah, you opened up. She, the good thing about you is that you've opened up to all my psychology journey. Oh yeah. You've like been like, okay, you've been right there with me for, yeah. might as well have we been our, in a master's degree program we as masters well. masters together. We got our masters together. So you learned. Now we validate the heck out of each other. Yeah. So. And we treat each other with the utmost respect. Yeah. We do. We have to learn to flow because, well, let's do a quick little validation People who heard it in our Q&A on Instagram can just hear it again and let it get ingrained. But for those who haven't heard it. Okay. Is. Go ahead. Um, what's something. we? When was the last time I got mad at you? What can we use as an example? <laughs> That's how good our relationship is. <laughs> we are perfect. <laughs> well, I mean, it's essentially. Okay, I'm just going to make something up. Paul, it really hurt me that you used my water bottle without telling me after i told you i didn't like that you use my water bottle dude chill out like that is not validating no i'm giving them an example (laughs) (laughs) i'm giving them an example of not validating okay guys that's not validating no exactly see see no big deal do you see how immediately she got irritated because that's what it does and you don't get validated no yeah i'm like dude chill out it's not that big of a deal like you can just wash it and reuse it it's a water bottle get over it and I would turn into a flame of fire. <laughs> she might have said that to her. She would turn into a flame I of fire. I would be like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Let's try it again. Hey, it really bugged me that you used my water bottle without letting me know after I told you I didn't like it when you used my water bottle. Okay, you're right. I could see how that would be frustrating. I would be pretty annoyed if somebody did that too. I will be more conscientious about not doing that without asking for your permission first. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm sorry. Gonna- Thank you. Yeah. And I think it, you know. And then Valentina will be like, you can use my water bottle anytime you want. And then I would be want. like, what? It's yours. I bought a new one. <laughs> as soon as Valentina feels like accepted or loved, she wants to give all her stuff away. That's so weird. That is a weird quirk. Can, does anybody relate to that? I just need to know. I remember feeling so, at all growing up, I would all of a sudden find, get so happy and so excited and then I would have like a garage sale of all my stuff. And, and she would bring me, Valentino's the youngest, she would bring me and my brother into the room to into her room to give us all her stuff. And we were such users and abusers. We'd be like, heck yeah, take advantage of this. <laughs> yeah, you we guys take all her strip stuff. me clean. But, but anyway. <laughs> tangent. Yeah, so that's where we are now. And another thing is that I have, Paula, we're rigid about certain things at different times. And just learning to flow when the other person is in their rigid moment. Yeah. You got to just flow. Because mm-hmm. not there's going to be days where I'm in a worse mood and there's going to be days when she's in a worse mood. So we take that into account. And on the days when she's struggling, I'm intentionally more patient with her. And on the days when I'm struggling, she's intentionally more patient with me. Yeah. Right? And even if it's not in the vibe that we want to be in, that's just how you have to learn to flow. Yeah. And if there's times when we really do get caught up and if I get tense and I start acting out a certain way and she like brings that in and starts giving it right back to me. Like we actually did that not that long ago. We had a day like that and we were like, what is happening? So we decided to just break up the whole energy and say forget it Let, let's just go do something completely different and we went to a united game and by the time we got done with that we were able to we had enough space to be able to be healthy again that's what um adam said in our last podcast in the mindfulness right? one. in the mindfulness podcast he said 
part of why meditation and mindfulness, why it's so good is because it creates space. It trains your brain to create space between you and the current emotion that's going on. And the input that's coming in. Yeah. And that, I mean, that even happens in me and my relationship with me and you and me and KJ. It's the same thing. It's, we have, you have to learn to walk away. You have to learn to walk away when it gets really heated. At a certain point, you stop, you start arguing about arguing. Mm Mm-hmm. Even if you think you're right, even if you want to make your Just, point. Yeah. Right. If you are angry, taking a deep breath and maybe make an agreement beforehand with your partner or your friend or whoever it is that it, when we get angry, we're going to we're going to say like, hey, we're going to take some space and then we'll come back to this or let's just go do something completely different and we'll come back to this because at some point you get so entangled in the emotion of irritation. The ego is a powerful thing, man. Mm -hmm. It will blind you. Mm -hmm. It will take all your senses from you. Stop (laughs) hearing, seeing, breathing, tasting, touching. Tell them them more, Valentina. Well, it makes me think of what Will Smith said when he, he said when he fights with Jada, they get so passionate that they he even says he says I have to walk away because I'm about to say something I will regret right and, and I don't want that to happen and I'm not walking away because I don't love you right I'm walking away because I love you yes and I want to preserve this relationship and I know that if we continue right now someone or both of us are going to say harmful things exactly so space validation being very clear and specific about our needs with each other and then respecting the person for who they are. You know, that's where flow comes in. You have certain personality quirks and I have certain personality quirks mm-hmm. that just flow with it. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Exactly. All right. That's a good, that was a good relationship talk. I think so. I think we covered a good about good amount of things. Yeah, it was a good reminder of all the, all the little things. Yeah. All the specifics. So happy 26th anniversary, Paula. Happy 26th. <laughs> an- our 26th anniversary is on your birthday. Uh-huh. That's oh, we so should funny. actually like celebrate Your birthday that. can should also be it? our anniversary. It's so fun. Is this another example of me making everything yeah. about me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now your birthday is my anniversary. Perfect. <laughs> All right, you guys, tune in every other Monday at 8 a.m. Eastern time for a new podcast. And then follow us on Pretty Mental for behind the scenes and amazing quotes and infographics. And a little bit of dance moves here and there. Oh, yeah, lots of dance moves. It's Pretty Mental official. Love you. Be kind to yourselves. Bye. Peace.